0: Today's daf is daf Hey, page 5 in Meseches Chubis. We got up to daf Hey, but let's turn back to the bottom of Dalit Am-Bay's, and we will pick up from Omar Mar, two lines from the bottom of Dalit of Beis. Really a fascinating daf. Get ready. It's going to be very exciting, very gishmak. Two lines from the bottom of Dalit and Beis. Omar Mar, the taught us, Benkak u Benkak. Either way. Now, what does it mean? Either way, either way means whether or not you know the you know the marriage was pushed to a day other than Wednesday. You should know the beerishaino, the first act of intercourse should not take place on Friday night or on Saturday night or on Matzi Shabbos. Says the Gemara. You're not supposed to have the initial act of intercourse because it causes a wound. You let it cause a wound on Chavez? No. Why not? It's like shechita. It's it's part of the malach of shechita on Chavez, right? So you're not allowed to cause a wound, bleeding, and and, uh, and, uh, when you're dealing with a besula, a virgin, the piercing of the hymen Will lead to blood. I love Matzi Shabbos on my life. Why can we not get married on Matzi Shabbos? Omar Razira says, we now turn to today's daf, Mishom Cheshbaynas, because of Cheshbaynas. What are, what are Cheshbaynas? Sirashi says that it's all the basically the mathematical ca- calculations that the is going to want to get himself involved in. Okay. Now, Omar Le Abaye, Abaye says, be shom Is it really forbidden to be involved on Shabbos with cheshbono O Shomitzvah? With mitzvah, dikka, uh, calculations. Rav and Rav Amun, both teach us, Chesvayna ishom mitzvah. When it comes to calculations of a mitzvah, you're allowed to make a cheshvah on Shabbos. Anybody here ever get an aliyah to, to the Torah? And they say, oh, you want to make a mishabayach for your family? And you pledge X amount of money, or you pledge tzedakah, or matana? How hey, you allowed to talk about money on Shabbos? The answer is, cheshvayna ishom mitzvah, calculations of mitzvah are permitted on Shabbos, Viyamah Rabbi Allah, Rabbi Allah says, Pais can struggle any of you're allowed to set aside snuggle for any of Shabbos, you know somebody who's in need, you you know, uh, Reuven's in need of money, can you walk over to Shimon on Shabbos, hey Shimon, listen, there's a Yid, in need of money, can you give him a hundred bucks? Of course you could, is absolutely allowed. You should go around to shuls and put the medrash to deal with matters that are necessary for the public on Shabbos. That's when people gather together. Now usually when, public, well, you know, when it's necessary for something public, what are they usually asking for? Money. Oh, okay. They're asking for a pledge, right? No, <laughs> they're not asking for a pledge. They're asking for money. Right. That's right. <laughs> That's the famous joke. The famous joke. Who got broken into? The UJA Federation got broken into and they made off with $3 million in pledges. Okay. They don't want your pledges. They want your mullah. All right, fine. So you're allowed to deal with all that on Shabbos. You're allowed to uh, get involved and speak about publicly matters of Pikuach Nefesh of Shabbos. Okay? Now this is interesting because Pikuach Nefesh, you could even be... Shabbos. So over here, as we're going to see, it refers to things that the community needs. Not necessarily that somebody's life is mamish, is uh, literally in danger. You're even allowed to go to the stadiums and the gathering places. Even to talk to the Goyim when it, on Shabbos, when it's, when it's matters pertaining to helping out Klal yisrael Okay, if you have to talk to a politician and the where the you know where this politician is located is uh, is inside of a stadium on Shabbos, you're allowed to go speak to him on behalf of uh, of uh, the Jewish community on Shabbos. Okay, now the Tanya debate Menashe, and we learned in the yeshiva of of Menashe mishatchin alatinaikas. There is Shabbos. You could even make shaduchim and speak about you know how much money each side is going to pledge to each other on Shabbos, and you can even uh, hire a tutor for somebody um, uh, on Shabbos, you know, you know there's a child that needs to be tutored, or you, you know there's an, even an adult that needs to be taught, and you, walk over to, you walk over to some guy who has the ability to teach them, you walk over to a teacher, and you say, listen, you know, there's this person or myself, I'm looking to hire uh, somebody and pay them uh, whatever, $25 an hour, $50 an hour, whatever the going rate is, would you be interested? You're allowed to have that conversation because it's a mitzvah on Shabbos. And not only that, umnis, because that's also a mitzvah. What's an umnis? To teach a craft to my child on uh, on Shabbos. I know my, my child needs to earn a livelihood. I see somebody near me in shul. And this person has the ability to teach my child uh, computer coding or whatever. And I say, listen, do you do these things? My child uh, is has, you know, detrimental. They have nothing to do this summer. And they're just wasting their time and, and uh, up to no good. You're allowed to speak about these things on Shabbos. Bottom line is, what do you see from this b'risa? When it comes to a mitzvah, are we concerned about financial calculations? No. So we'll let people get married on Saturday night. And if they think about how much the meal costs on Shabbos, fine. They were busy with a mitzvah. Answers to Gomar listen to this. El-Omar says, the problem is not that you're going to be involved in financial matters, because you're right. You're right. Really, it would be permitted on Shabbos. However, the problem is, that if you're getting married on Saturday night, on Matzi Shabbos, what's going on in your mind Shabbos afternoon? You know what you're thinking? The same thing most people think on Friday, after, Friday afternoon. And that is, well, I have enough chicken to put in the oven, for my guests. So you know what this guy might do? You know what the chassem might do before Shabbos is over? Without thinking, he might shecht the chicken on Shabbos. See, for us, we understand this. Those of us who grew up in Europe, the late 1800s, early 1900s, right? And We, we, we used to shecht our own chickens and uh, shecht our own fish. Yeah, <laughs> right. We would uh, fish would swim around in our bathtub until we were ready to eat them. Right? We we can understand this. That he was, uh, there you go, <laughs> Uncle Lizard But uh, says the Gemara here that we're concerned the chasen might come to shecht on Shabbos, and that is and that is why we don't um, we don't uh, have the biarishina uh, on. Matzi Shabbos. For the, for the party, really, which is going to lead to the Birishan. Amaliyah Baibayi says, But if you're concerned that perhaps whenever there's a mitzvah to eat after Shabbos, there's a Sudats mitzvah after Shabbos, people might come to shecht birds on Shabbos. Now, notice the word birds. We're not concerned people are going to shecht animals. You know why? You ever, you ever see an animal get shechted? I saw a long time when I was a kid. And it, I mean... When you get older also yeah, I mean that, that's less common To not, to not see it um, But even as a child They took us When I was a member Fourth grade I believe We went to a shlachta, So you remember you that When you're a fourth you're grader a And they take you there <laughs> One of my uh, a, a close family member of mine Who's three years younger than me Became a vegetarian For a very long time After that trip um, But be it as it may I did become vegetarian But it was it, 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 It's a scene that was shocking To me as a child when you see these live cows being hung on the ceiling by their feet, right? And kicking and mooing and, you know, and they grab them, by, it's pushit. It's not so simple to shacht a gasa, a large animal. A chicken, all right, it clucks at this, nope. Especially when it was part of the regular things that people did, you shechted your own chicken. People didn't always shecht their own cows. It's not the way, right. The, really you need a person who was built and strong and a real, a real, real sheichet over there. So Amr the Abayi, Abayi says, if we're concerned about shechting a bird without even thinking about it, on Shabbos, whenever there's a mitzvah after Shabbos, listen to this. Yom whenever you have Yom Kippur that falls out on Sunday night, Monday, we should push off Yom Kippur. You know why? Because whenever Yom Kippur falls out on Sunday night, Monday, what are some people's favorite mitzvah? to eat Arab Yom Kippur, <laughs> right? So, Shabbat, you, got, you have a mitzvah to eat, Matzi Shabbos, and Sunday. So, people might come to inadvertently shech their animals on Shabbos. So, whenever Yom Kippur falls out Sunday night, Monday, why don't we push that off? Gazera Rosham Yishchai by knife And say, it's a decree that perhaps if we allow Yom Kippur to, uh, to fall out on Monday, be it as it may, the Gemara asks a, asks a question. You see from here, there's no concern about inadvertently slaughtering an Eif. Says the Gemara, no, wrong. I'll tell you why. hassam um, over there, uh, Hossam, over there, over there, where he's not doing it for himself, but here we're doing it for others, he's going to make a mistake. Meaning, if you're going to eat by yourself, which is Erev Yom Kippur, I think many of us would be like this, right? You're not so worried. I don't know. Maybe everybody's different. For me personally, I really don't think, like, if I eat so much on Erev Yom Kippur, that really helps me fast on Yom Kippur. Just make sure you get enough liquids in your body and you're going to be good to go. To, to like constantly. Like, so people aren't like on Shabbos afternoon being like, oh man, I got to eat chicken tonight. However, by a meal, by a, by a wedding where you're inviting a whole bunch of guests, that's where you get nervous there's enough food. For myself, I could eat tuna for dinner, crank open a can of tuna, make myself a, a scrambled egg, shalom al yisrael. A bowl of Cheerios, fine. All of a sudden, you're having guests, nishpushit. You're not serving them uh, Cheerios and chocolate chips, right? So, therefore, says the Gemara, yeah, I would, but my wife would scream at me. Um, but, th- therefore, says the Gemara, the, um, a person would become tarid, and there is a concern that he may come to Shechel Shabbos after Inami, or he could say, Hassam Ravcha. That um, on Erev Yom Kippur is the whole mitzvah to eat at night. No, you also have a mitzvah to eat the next day. But over here, when you're getting married on Matzi Shabbos, you have a small window of food prep and therefore there's a greater concern a person may come to shacht. says morning. now that we're explaining it this way, beautiful. You could say that another reason why you can't have dear beer reshina on Friday night is because um A person will come to Shecht on Shabbos for the Shabbos Suda. Let's explain. Let's let's talk for a minute. Nowadays, let's just, I'm going to take a step back and and just place this all in a perspective of our American minds. Many of us, uh, I shouldn't say American, in the yeshiva world, American, many of us view weddings like this is something that takes place at night, per se. It's not true. And back then, nobody got married at night or else you wouldn't be able to see anything. Okay? Very few, it's very hard to dance while you hold a lantern. Especially the Hora. So, they would get married during the day and then they would have a feast, they would have a party, either towards the end of the day or in the evening. And the party was over. Chassan and Kala go back home and they consummate the marriage. Fine. It says it more like this. If people get married on Friday afternoon, as we're going to see soon on this daf, one what the, of the, what the, the reasons why they would get married Friday afternoon is because you can kill two birds with one stone as far as paying for a meal. Instead of me paying for a Shabbos meal and the wedding meal, I get it, my Shabbos meal turns into a wedding meal. So I'll get married Shabbos afternoon, right? Put the ring on her finger, dance the Hora, and now we're going to, uh, we're going to uh, have the suda. Here's the problem. If we're dealing with a Shabbos and you're hosting guests, we also may have a concern that on Shabbos itself, as guests start coming in, the caterer slash the one paying for the meals, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I was expecting uh, 25 guests. There's 50 people here. Grab me a few more chickens fast and let's salt them. It will be ready in time for the main course. So says the Gemara, now we have two reasons why you don't have B'er on Friday night. You don't get married on Friday. Number one is, if you get married on Friday, your mitzvah of the first intercourse and happen Friday night and it can cause a wound. It cause blood. Number two is, it could come to lead to someone to shecht a bird on Shabbos. Yibayilu, here we go. They ask the question, searching for information. B'Sullah, this is when our Mishnah says a besula gets married on Wednesday... What does it mean to get married on Wednesday? Does it mean you get married on Wednesday and you also consummate the marriage on Wednesday before night time? You should have your first act of intercourse it says you get married Wednesday. Does that mean you should have intercourse on Wednesday day? And here's the and here, here's why there would be an issue because why we why did the say get married Wednesday? Because Besden said on Thursday. And we don't want him to have time to cool off between the first act of intercourse Wednesday night and Thursday morning. So maybe we tell a guy, don't have intercourse Wednesday day, because now you're going to have a lot of time for her to calm him down before going to Besden. That would be... He's going to Besden for Oh, he's going to Besden to say that she wasn't really a virgin. And if she's not really a virgin, they have real halachic shyless about staying together, as we explained, because she may have had relations over the last 12 months once they were already married as well. Besides for the ksuba, she, you know, they need to clarify halachically what the scoop is over here. Or maybe or maybe what the Mishnah wants us to do is get married Wednesday, have relations Wednesday night, which is Thursday. Why? Because we're concerned if they have the first act of intercourse... Any earlier, she may have a chance to cool him off and he won't go running to Bezdin and they may end up staying together when they're not really allowed to. That's the shaila. Now notice something here. The Gemara is not asking something else that perhaps people who who learn through the Shulchan Aruch and Simen Reish Mem, where it discusses the laws of Tzinius, it mentions that really the ideal time for a couple to have intercourse is at night. That's the ideal time a couples not supposed to have intercourse during the day ideally ideally now why not ideally because this if there's too much light in the room it may lead to the couple not focusing on each other really and noticing things that are are disturbing physically for each other and therefore it's 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 not ideal to have a relationship with now the truth is, that lehalacha Even though it is ideal to have relations at night By day, as long as there's no um, As long as you're in a darkened room And there's no light shining directly On the couple at the time of relations It is mutter Okay? So keep that in mind Why As to why the Gemara is not asking What about Wednesday day? Let's assume that, you know, for now Let them have relations inside of a dark room and uh, and that won't be an issue. So what will the whole issue be? That maybe he's going to cool off. So here we go. Toshma the Tony Barakbara, come and listen. We learned the Shiva Barakbara Besulanes says Wednesday. and they should have bia. They should have intercourse Wednesday night. Night. Wait till night. Brach Now why? Doesn't mention because they're going to bezen. Listen to this. You know why you should have intercourse Wednesday night for the first time? Because fish were created on Thursday, and Hashem gave the bracha of, of being fruitful and multiply uh, with fish, right? With fish in, in, in the water. So, therefore, you see that on Thursday, there's a specific blessing of procreation. Fine. Almana niseis bechamishi. And Almana, a widow, she got married on Thursday. V'nevelas b'shishin, have relations Thursday night, Friday. Why? bray b'racha Adam. Because after there was a bracha given to the fish, Hashem gave that same bracha of be fruitful and multiply to Adam and Chava, who were created on Friday. Taima mishum bracha. So the reason why we have relations at night is because of blessing. Ava mishum da kriyaday but it seems that as far as the other svara, the other concern, the other logic of don't have intercourse Wednesday day because you might cool off, that, that reason's not given. So, what the Gemara is trying to answer is do you, should you have intercourse Wednesday day or Wednesday night? The answer is Wednesday night, but not because what you think. Wednesday night, because the blessing. It says the Gemara, if that's true, okay? If we want a besula, a virgin, to have her first act of relations on Wednesday night, Thursday, why don't we tell a widow, a woman who's not a virgin, to also get married the same night? Now, you might say, well, the bracha of being fruitful and multiplying was given to humans. Maybe everybody should get married Wednesday night, Thursday. Okay? So two reasons. First of all, as soon as the bracha kicks in, use it. As soon as the blessing kicks in, use it. Secondly, like we explained, you have the besdin sitting on Thursday, so you have that added advantage says the Gemara, bracha de no since is there going to be tanis pasulun by an almana? no there's no tanis pasul there's no claim against her virginity the husband says oh in second my wife's not a virgin hello she's a widow what were you thinking so we're not concerned about him having to go to besdin so wednesday's not an issue says the Gemara, well once wednesday's not an issue to do it before once you don't need to go to besdin you might as well take the blessing that's given to mankind the Inami, or you could say another answer, and that is Mishum Shaktu. The answer of Shaktu. Remember what's Shaktu? To prepare. to prepare. A woman has, the, has uh, the, the, the Rabbanon are concerned that a Jewish woman for her chasna, ha, the husband makes proper preparations to give her a respectable wedding. Shaktu So, when did we say that previously? By the virgin, by the basula. That's why she gets married Wednesday and not Sunday. Now listen to this. Says the Gemara, you should know the law of Shuk- the, the logic of shakdu applies even to a widow. Let's get into this. The Shaktu. shakdu. We're concerned that to give every Jewish woman an honorable wedding, and they need at least a few days to prepare food. The Tanya to the Why did we say that Armanah should get married on? Thursday, and the first act of intercourse for that marriage should be Thursday night. Because if you're going to tell me you should have relations on Thursday, listen to this, says the Gemara. Let's say they get married Thursday morning, and they have relations, they consummate their marriage Thursday afternoon. What's going to happen Thursday night? I'll tell you what's going to happen. They might get a good night's sleep, and the husband's going to wake up in the morning and he's going to be like, oh, it's Friday, TGIF. It's a chill day at work. I'll be back soon, honey. I'm going to work. Okay? We're concerned. Beautiful. Even though there's no Shevah for an almana, that's for a basula even though there's no the husband is obligated to spend a minimum of three days focusing on his wife. Now, the day of the wedding is counted as day number one. So they get married Thursday. He's with her Thursday. He's with her Friday. With her Shabbos. The relations happen Thursday night. This way, he doesn't even think about going out to work on, uh, on Friday. Okay? So now we know. Now we know why Omanah gets married Thursday and have the first active re- relations on Thursday night. Says Gemara, my Shaktu. What's the difference between the logic of Bracha and the logic of Shaktu? One reason why we have relations Thursday night is because Shaktu. Oh, okay, or the other reason is Bracha, because Thursday night is really Friday. And Friday you also you already have the revu uh, that was given to mankind. What's the difference between those two reason reasonings? Ashley Gemara, I'll give you a couple, ready? Ikabinayu, Adam Bato. Let's say it's a guy who's Unemployed, retired, doesn't work, whatever So under those circumstances Maybe we should tell him Go ahead You know, you could have uh, have your first uh, re- relations On Thursday afternoon We're not concerned you're going to work tomorrow He's not going to work However, as far as the logic of Chuck, uh, of Bracha You're still going to wait for Thursday night Because that's Friday inami <speaking> in Tev Shechali Yisber of Shabbos or you could say, let's say another thing is not only he's not going to work because he doesn't have a job, maybe he's not going to work because there's a yumtif that's starting on Thursday night Friday. So that's another reason why he's, he's uh, not going to work. Okay, period. End of that gemara. Chevre, get ready for a treat. Get ready for a big treat. Ready? Divorce, this next gemara. Is, um, have she- Here we go. Chevro, get ready for a fun ride. We're going to shift a little bit. Darash Kapora, gave a drasha. The creation of Tzadikim is even greater than the creation of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Have listen to this. This is Hevlik it's going to blow your mind. Dilu k'siv. By heaven and earth, it says af yodi yasta eretz. My hand established the world, the, the land, the Amini and my right hand. Tip choshamayim spread out the heavens. So what Hashem say? Ready for this? Look what I'm doing. On one hand, I made the earth. The other hand, I made the other hand. I made heavens. You ever see a kid doing a wheelie, uh, one-handed on the bike? One-handed this, one-handed here. I don't need two hands for this, right? Look, ma, no hands. Okay. The ilu b'maisa yedayem Shalt tzadikim when it comes to the creation of Tzadikim, it says, the, what, the place of dwelling that you made for Hashem, Hashem's hands, in plural, established. Okay? So something that Hashem originally made heaven and earth, God says, that, that I can do one-handed. But, however, too, um, for my Tzadikim, which is the place that the Tzaddikim made for Hakadosh Baruch Hu to dwell as a sanctuary here in this world? It takes two hands, it says the Gemara. There was a rub from Bov, name was Rebchia, and he responded by abeshas yadav yatzaru. Let me tell you something. Even by dry land, it says Hashem's hands in plural. It says yadav. Says the Gemara. Yadayiksev. Yadav is spelled Yadai. See, even though it, it, Yadav does mean plural, but Yadav is still singular. Voxiv they, Yatsaru, they formed. They formed means Hashem still used two hands. Answers the Gemara, Amr Yitzchak, Listen to this, it's beautiful. Yatsaru etzba The fingers, the multiple fingers on one hand created earth. But it was still one hand. Meaning Hashem's hands... Have fingers. There's a reason why I'm mentioning this. There are members of creation that do not have fingers. They have webs. Okay, they don't have fingers. How could Baruch whose hands have fingers? When it says plural, it's plural fingers for a singular hand. Listen to this. We're going to get onto the get onto a topic about fingers and biology and why our bodies are formed, particularly the hands, the way they are. When I see your heavens, the creation of your of your fingers, the moon, the stars, that you established. Basically, that's a challenging question. The heavens call out the glory of Hashem. And His handiwork, the rakia, the translated as the firmament, um, um, tells over. So you see from here, that even Hashem's creation took two hands. So answers the Gemara: magid, <speaking in Hebrew> who tells over the great works of tzadikim harakia. <speaking> Umaynihu <in Hebrew> mutar. It is. How do you know if there's tzadikim around? The answer is if Hashem brings bracha, if He brings blessing, which is represented by rain to the world. Darash brakapara. My lusivi al Allah's necha. What is the understanding of the yaseid? Yaseid are pegs, we'll call them. Tia will be Allah's necha, on your ears. Okay? Now, what's a peg? Something that comes to a point. You stick it in the ground to establish. Listen to this. Altakrei azay necha, Allah al uiznecha. Al necha means weapons, your arms. It also means Aizan. Is an ear. Okay? She'em Yishma Adam Dovar She'inoy Listen closely. Listen closely. If a person comes around a conversation and within that conversation there are words that are not hagun, that are not proper, we now turn to Ahmed Beyes. You want to know why Hashem fashioned our fingers like this, like pegs that stick into a ground? So that if we ever hear improper speech, you could go like this. Something that teenagers sometimes do to their parents when they don't want to hear what they have to say. But that's chutzpah. We do it so that we don't hear lush and That's why we do it. See, now you know. Why is the finger shaped like this? Says the Gemara. So I don't need to hear improper speech. Why are people's fingers formed like pegs? My timer? What do you mean why? If you're going to say that his question is why are they separate instead of webbed? I'll say, you know why? You know why we don't have webbed fingers? That's simple. Because of the Avodah, the Beis hamikdash. Listen to this. Because the Tana taught us Zuzeres, Zukmita. Zu ama, zu zu Each finger is used for a different purpose. The zeres, which is the what we call the pinky, that's how they would measure the size of the uh, of the various parts for the cutting uh, Gadol, of the the uh, Um Zu What's the kmitza? That's what they would use to scoop out a fingerful. Zu is the middle finger because that's the measure that was used. For to, to give the measurement of the vessels in the base amikdash. Zu etzpa, that's how they would sprinkle the blood with the espa, the index finger. Zu gaidel, and the thumb at times was used as well for, uh, to be placed on the thumb to right, blood for the metzeris, so on and so forth. So you see from here, says the Gemara, you want to know why our fingers are separated? Let's push it. We know exactly why they're separated. It's fight in the base amikdash. We know why, ju- why why human beings don't have webbed hands. But our question now is, why do our fingers need to be shaped like pegs? Oh, the answer is, So that, somebody speak Lashon Hara or Nifl Pev, vulgar speech, or something that's improper, uh, uh, apikarsis. stick your finger right in, can't hear nothing. Beautiful. Turn it to They taught in the yeshiva of Rebishmal. Ibn the Why is the ear have hard cartilage, but the lobe got that right? Lobe? The lobe of the ear is soft. There's no cartilage. Says you want to know why? yachol al Somebody's talking? Just bend it over. Stuff up. It's a plug. It's like a cork. You could cork it up. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis learned, so shall we? Al yishma adah, al yishmia adam la'aznav davar dvarim betalem bnei shehin nichvays tchila le evarim. A person should not even listen to dvarim betalem. Dvarim betalem are not is not forbidden speech. You know what it is? Worthless speech. Things that are not constructive. Why? Bnei shehin nichvays tchila le evarim. Because the ears are, it literally means they are the, they can get burnt, um, they can get burnt the easiest. But what it means over here is that they're very soft. Okay. In other words, the fact that they're soft is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's message to us that they should be used often. Things that are hard are very hard to bend. Or whatever. If it's soft, it's meant to be used often. Yeah, unless there's something worthwhile. You have something worthwhile? Tell me. If it's not worthwhile, I don't care if it's, you know, I don't. I don't care if it's not even lachshahar, worthless. I don't. I'm not going to gain from this. I don't need it. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful limud. Period. Says the Gemara. They asked a question, searching for information. Mahu level What is the halacha? Uh, what is the halacha? about having the first act of intercourse on Shabbos okay now what the Gemara is saying is like this we might say hello didn't we just learn Amar Aleph we have a couple problems you might come to cause a wound you might come to slaughter a bird here the Gemara is saying something else the Gemara is saying like this when should a man who's marrying a virgin set up the chasna date what was the answer? Wednesday, so that the first act of intercourse could take place Wednesday night. Now, here's the question. Ready? It's not uncommon for the first act of intercourse to not take place on the first night. Okay? Sometimes it doesn't happen for various reasons. The question now is, if you got married Wednesday... And now it's Friday and you haven't yet had intercourse. Should you, is it allowed to try on Friday night? Okay. So, says the Gemara, Now we're getting into a beautiful Sugya. Remember this? Remember ah, back in Yeshivas. Back in Yeshivas. Beautiful. See, here's the question. Here's the question. The blood that is hidden behind the Besulim behind the virginity, behind the hymen, is that a puddled up uh, blood that is really there and just waiting to be released, unlike a regular wound, where you're actually causing blood to be to come out of the body. Here, you're just piercing a hymen and blood happens to be the mifkar. Or do we say that when the hymen is pierced, the blood of virginity that comes out is actually called a wound. Now, Vim Timtsi Leimar, Dam Mifkat Pucket, and if you're going to tell me that blood is just stuck, gathered behind there, now, according to that, it shouldn't be a problem, right? Because you're not causing a khabura. the blood's not coming out through a wound. Even if you're going to tell me that the blood of virginity is just stuck behind this membrane, hu Vishari. Do we say that the first act of intercourse is it, uh, along with it comes an intent to see blood of virginity, and therefore it's permitted to see that on Shabbos, okay? Because is my in, well, well let's see, the other side I doma Hu Tzarech Vasir. Or do we say your intent is to make a Opening and therefore it's going to be forbidden Let's understand this part of the question This is beautiful, this is mamish Shabbos The law of Shabbos is as follows When it comes to biblically In order to transgress a biblical uh, malacha, Forbidden act on Shabbos It has to be something That I'm doing for this purpose My, It's a constructive intent for this So for example For example Um You dig a hole. Are you digging a hole because you want the hole? Or are you digging a hole because you want the dirt? One's happening automatically with the other. But depending on what your mindset is may very well depend whether you're involved in a biblical transgression or a rabbinical transgression. So it says the about like this. If you say that blood is stuck behind the hymen, when the husband has the first act of intercourse... What's he looking for? Is he looking to break the hymen to make an opening now? It's, oh, it's forbidden to make a Pesach, make a doorway on Shabbos. Or do we say that his real intent is to not make an opening, but just to see if there's blood of virginity there, so he knows if his wife was, is really a virgin. If, his, if all he wants to see is that there's blood, and the blood is not a wound, it's just stored there, so nothing forbidden is happening. His mind is not to make an opening, so breaking the hymen is not a problem. As far as the blood coming out, we're not considering it to be a wound, and therefore you're okay. You hear what's happening? It's amazing. Let's keep going. And if we're going to say, you know what, it should be okay, there's no problem. It's stuck behind the hymen, and he doesn't care about making the opening. His whole mind is on the blood. So, U and the opening is just happening, and right? That's because that's what happens when you want to know if there's blood there. This leads us to another question on Shabbos, which is the famous machlokas on Shabbos, which is if I transgress without intent, is it permitted or not permitted? A Davar miskaven something I do on Shabbos without any intent, Rebbe Shimon says, you're fine. Under these circumstances, where the blood is stored and, and stuck behind, and as well, my das is not on the opening, so what's, it's a double Shein of that the blood's coming out, and it would be okay, according to Rebbe Shimon. Rebbe Yehuda disagrees with that. Rabbi Yehuda says, no, it doesn't make a difference what your kavon is, what matters is what you just did. And therefore, according to Rabbi Yehuda, it would still be forbidden. And if you're going to say we've passed like Rabbi Yehuda that it was forbidden, well, Rabbi Yehuda only holds that it's forbidden when it's double When you're doing something constructive, when you're doing something destructive, it's, he'll agree it's not prohibited. So now let's think about the piercing of the hymen, the breaking of the hymen. Am I trying to make an opening which is something constructive? And therefore, even though it's not for meskavein, what? how do we view the hymen, the, the piercing of it? Is it the, creating something or is it actually a breaking of something? Do we view the piercing of the hymen like something being broken, like something being destroyed by this, and we could still be lenient? Beautiful. That, those are all the steps. Of our Hilchis Shabbos Shaila, all right. Again, so let's uh, let's let's uh, rephrase this question. Let not rephrase it. Same phrase, but let's let's review. We have a question searching for information according to the opinion, according to the uh, according to the approach that we say, which is that. In a case where a person got married on Wednesday and they want to have their first act of intercourse on Friday night. Is that permitted? Here's, the, here's, the, here's how the question is broken down. First of all, do we say the blood is stuck behind there or do we say you're causing a wound? And if you're going to tell me the blood is stuck behind there, do, I, do you want the blood? Or do we say you don't want the blood, you just want to create an opening? And if you, even if you're going to say that he wants the blood and the opening is just happening by itself... Well, do we pass like Reb Shib do you pass like Reb Yehuda about a Davar and Muscavin? Are we lenient when it's not your intent? Or are we strict when it's not your intent? And even if you're gonna tell me that you're strict when it's not your intent, and we pass like Reb Yehuda, is that how do you view the entire piercing of a hymen in the first place? Is that considered something constructive, like the creation of an opening, or is it something destructive where you just removed a and you broke a hymn? Beautiful child, Answer the Gumari Gadamri. There are those who say I'm sorry. So, we're not answering yet. Those who say the Shaila, the question differently. If you're going to tell me that really we don't view the blood as if it's stuck behind the hymen, but rather you're making a wound, so then we say, listen, you're making a wound, you want the blood, now you've got a problem. Or do we say that even if you're making a wound, you're not trying to create a wound, he's just doing this for his own pleasure? of being together with his wife. And we're still going to say that biblically, it's not a transgression. Because your intent is not to remove the blood. Your intent is to be with your wife. That's your intent. And if the blood comes out, that's fine. And if you're going to say that his full intent is only... For himself, and it's not, and it's not about the blood at all. The dam may meilakasi, and it's just the blood's going to come out by itself. Alacha, Reb Yehuda. Do we say alacha like Reb Yehuda, who holds that a dovreshen of miskavin is usser—that something that's without intention is forbidden? I alacha, Reb Shimon. In do we pass, he alacha like who says it's going to be allowed. Fim dimzayv alacha, Reb Yehuda. You're going to tell me that it's forbidden because you follow Reb Yehuda. Well, mekalkel bechabura, I misakim bechaburu. Is this chabura? This wound that he's making—is he doing a destructive act? Now, if you're doing it in a way of destroying and reviewing the hymen as being ruined, now it's still going to be permitted because shkayich, but that's only when it's a malacha. If, it, if I'm doing kilkel here, if I'm just ruining something, that's not a forbidden act. Or do we say that you're actually creating a, it's the creation, doing something constructive. Uh, when you make the wound, and if you're going to say that it's, that you're uh, you're um, creating this destruction of a wound, the halacha of, this is a Shiloh, do we say that the halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda by Kilko, top of tomorrow's daf, or do we say the halacha is like Rabbi Shimon, now, what's this? So this is a new halacha, okay? This is a new halacha, and this is the last step of the Amri, And this new halacha is as follows. Rup Shimon holds that we could learn the top Rashi together because Rashi explains this. Bechabura Shimon, even though in general he's lenient by a when something's done without intent, by Bechabura, he's going to be Chayav. Why? So here's how it works. Rav going to hold that having um, that having relations on Friday night is is going to be allowed. Rav Shimon's for sure going to going to be allowed. Why? Because Rav Shimon is going to say your relations on Friday night, and shenimiskavin, is mutter. But now here's the deal: the Gemara here is asking, you know, if you take Rav Shimon's um, Rav Shimon's halacha that when you make a wound in a destructive fashion, still we view it in a constructive way. So if you combine that with Rebbe Yehuda, would we say that it's still going to be forbidden? When you combine Rebbe Yehuda's logic with Rebbe Shimon, are we still going to say it's going to be forbidden? And tomorrow, we'll hold it here. Tomorrow, we will pick up with the answers or attempted answers to this beautiful concept, this beautiful sugya uh, that we know uh, that we know of in uh, which is dam pocket Mahbar. How do you view the dam besulim, the blood of virginity? Is it a wound? Is it stuck behind there? The ramifications. we will get to an answer on tomorrow's daf. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody.